Yo, what's up? Welcome to the OKB's podcast, episode 42. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye. Joining me this week, as always, is Ian Prichel. What's good, Ian? What's up, man? How are you doing, man? <sighs> it's one I'm of days. One it's really days. not. It's really not one of those days. I have so many games to play. I'm I'm just becoming fatigued. Like, I want to finish Persona 5, but then I also have Nier, but then I also have injustice that i want to play it's hard to keep up with what's new and then also finish what you really love Hmm. i feel you i'm the same way where like persona 5 i am 30 minutes into not minutes sorry 30 hours i was like what (laughs) i've only played yeah i've got i've gotten through three dungeons in 30 minutes uh i'm a speedrunner. i'm 30 hours into persona and i am on my second playthrough of near and i beat zelda but i want to play more zelda i want to play more mario kart and i just have like a lot of different games where i'm like i feel like i'm kind of nowhere with but i want to go places but they're very time consuming and so i just kind of don't want to at the same time so i know i know exactly like what you're what where you're at with that it's a struggle it really yeah, is a struggle uh heads it's up for people rough. the lag between me and ian is kind of rough this week and so like if you you might notice that in editing um, I'll try my best to make it seamless, but if you notice that, like, oh, man, these responses seem kind of delayed a little bit, uh, I apologize, but we'll make it work, though. Um, it's a it, it's a celebration. That's gonna that's what I'm going to say, because I have I, I have a lot of things to talk about this week, because, one, there's been a lot of news that, that's come out this week, and I've played a lot of random games this week that I want to talk about. Um, but first, let me get on with the, with the description. The OKB's podcast is a weekly gaming and nerd culture-centric show. This is where we get together and talk about the biggest topics in games and culture. If you like the show, remember to subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice. Visit OKBeast.com and follow at OKBeastNow on Twitter. Does that sound good, Ian? Yes, it Sweet. does. A couple of announcements. Remember that you can buy a t-shirt. Go to teespring.com slash store slash OK-Beast. Once again, that is teespring.com slash store slash OK dash beast. You can buy an OKB shirt. We have our regular logo shirt and we have another shirt that is definitely not based off of Overwatch. Um, remember, uh, we have a YouTube channel that you can check out and watch a bunch of videos on youtube.com slash OK beast. Remember that we have articles. Um, we have a series being done by Chase Williams. He's a really, really amazing writer. He's doing a story. He's doing a a series on video games and art and so check that out on okbeast.com um a plus anime is out so uh go to itunes Ooh. search a plus anime that is a the icon for plus like if, when you're in math, math class and you're writing plus um a plus anime search that up it's also on okbeast.com if you want to find it there um and that is of course our new anime podcast featuring ian prichelle and nato johnston Ooh. Ooh. that's hype man that is really hype. Ian, do you Ooh. want to give like a quick like summary of like what people should kind of expect from that? Woo! Woo! That's all I, I got. I, I, that's, one, what that's what they're getting. You turn it. Just you, woo. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, so this idea kind of incubated when people started to ask me, uh, oh, Ian, like, you know, what anime should I watch? What anime is good? Because I think that we talked about anime like once or twice early on. And mm-hmm. then that that sparked into like you asking me questions about anime, then Alex asking me questions about anime, then you know this person, that person asking me, uh, and then during one of our live streams, I met NATO. Uh, I think it was the charity let's let's play, not let's play, the, like the the charity event that we had. Oh yeah, the extra for the life. kids. Yeah. Yes, the extra life stream. 
that we did. We were doing it for the kids. And then that's how I met NATO. And then uh, it just so happens that NATO and I are on the same um, time zone. So one day we got into we got into either Skype chat or some sort of chat and we talked for a while. And then the idea of A plus anime was born. Nice. Awesome. So people should yeah. check that out for sure. Um, and also remember to rate us on iTunes. Um, every rating helps. It helps us with algorithms. helps us get noticed more. Um, and it helps this show become better. Yeah. And so, uh, also, wait, one, right one real things. quick. Wait, oh. wait, 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 wait. One thing about mm-hmm. um, A Plus Anime is that the idea is also, if you're not a huge fan of anime or if you don't know anything about anime, I suggest you check it out. Because the whole idea of the show is is that, hey, you don't know anything about anime, but your friends know about anime. Maybe you should check this out. Because like, as anyone knows, like navigating a new fandom can be difficult. And knowing what's good, what's not good, how to get in there, like what websites to go to, that can be a difficult situation. So that's kind of the reason why the show started, is that people were asking me, what's, the, what's the, a good starting anime for me? What, which is the first one I should go to? Oh, I want to watch Attack on Titan. Is it good? And like that's kind of the idea behind the show, is that if you're new to the scene or if you're old to the scene, everyone can kind of come in and get their own piece from it. Sick, man. Let's get into what we've been up to this week. Ian, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been reading the book American Gods, which is also a new show on stars. And we're reading that. That's been a good read so far. It's pretty interesting. Do you know mm-hmm. about the concept of American Gods or no? Not at all. So American Gods is a story about... Mm, I don't want to spoil anything for you. But if you see the trailer, which is what motivated me to go buy the book... Uh, it's pretty much that gods exist, but not just like one type of God, every single type of God exists. So for example, like old, old African gods, like Anansi exist, but then also Odin exists. And then in this world, they're all fighting for power. And like the new gods are like media and like Twitter and TV and movies. Huh? So they're fighting about, they're fighting about who gets worshiped more essentially. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. That actually sounds pretty crazy. Is, and that was from a comic? Not a comic, no, a book. So okay. do you know do you know the comic The Sandman? I've heard of it a lot, yeah. Yeah, so that was written by a guy named Neil Gaiman, and then Neil Gaiman wrote a book called American Gods, and now that is being created into a show by stars. Mm-hmm. So I saw the trailer for the show, and uh, stars isn't really easy to get over here. And I wasn't going to wait until I get home to see it. So I said, hey, why not? You know, let me read a book. So I started reading the book. Nice, man. Awesome. Yeah. Is, I think, is that the same one you talked about last week? I might have, yeah. Yeah, because remember you saying you mentioned in Gaiman, and that was all I heard yeah. out of your mouth was Gaiman. Thank you, Blessing. It, because it's, you, a fancy, see that you it's a listen. fancy last name. Yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, so I've also been playing some Injustice. Injustice but you got Injustice? I did. How is it? If you liked the first game, then you're going to like this game. I'm not super keen on the controls because I'm used to Street Fighter and Guilty Gear. Mm-hmm. But that that problem might be unique to people who play a lot of fighting games. Like, for example, I play, I play Smash. I also play Guilty Gear, like I said. I play Street Fighter, like I said. Uh, like, play some 3D fighters like Tekken, Naruto, shit like that. Uh, so the feel to Injustice feels a little bit strange to me, so I'm still trying to get used to it. 
but there's a bunch of characters. There are a bunch of DC characters. If you're into the DC lore, you're going to love it. And the, the actual story of it is is very good. Nice. I actually played yeah. a little bit this week with Alex Van Aken um, because we played it through SharePlay, which also, by the way, SharePlay, look, SharePlay works surprisingly well. Uh, I thought it was going to be like a dumpster fire. It actually like worked perfectly where like... I it's almost it's basically exactly like playing online except I don't have the game and he does and like I'm hmm. we're playing on like uh local mo- local two player on his side but it somehow worked. Okay. yeah so like it worked surprisingly well considering that like it's being done through like streaming um and so that playing it I understand exactly what you meant what you mean because like the circle button is like your special button is like the button you press when like uh you want to use your character's ability so like flash when you press circle you slow time down or like arrow yeah. when you press circle you shoot arrows you can like change what kind of arrows that you shoot and all this and all this cool stuff um and i think it's different for finding games in the fact that like if you come into it new then if you want a button mash you can't really because like if you press circle like you don't do a hit you do like a random kind of action and so like mm. if you if you're not familiar with fighting games then like it can screw you up that way and if you play a lot of fighting games it can also screw you up that way because you're used to it either being like either a heavy attack or like a kick or something um and so like i had that problem when i was playing against alex where i press circle i press like down circle or back circle thinking i'd do like a leg sweep or something and yeah. instead i do like i do like arrow arrows arrow or like some other like random um move but like yeah. other than that like i enjoyed playing it like half the characters in it i don't even know who they are which i thought was <laughs> interesting because like i feel like yeah. i have a pretty good knowledge of comic book comic book characters but like there are like people in there like um there's this guy named like blue beetle or something like that yeah like, blue beetle dope. yeah blue, blue beetle is like my favorite character in that game i only played him a few times but like yeah he is sick like his design is sick his moves is sick like everything about him is like dope and he's like a weird yeah. mixture of race that i can't he's very ambiguous race wise and so i'm like I'm, I, I, think, I like this guy i can't i know he so i if you're a fan of young justice and i actually think that you would really like young justice the cartoon mm-hmm. have you ever heard of it before or no I've heard of it. I think I've seen the first episode and never gotten to watch the rest of it. I know I'd like it because I, I liked. I really liked Teen Titans yeah. as a kid. It's it's pretty much the ex- it's it's a show made for kids that watched Teen Titans growing up and are now adults because the themes are way more adult. Uh, it's mm-hmm. animated, I think, in a more adult style, and it's very very good. Uh, so the concept of Teen Titans is that it's all of the sidekicks and all the younger people working together, and. It's, it's really, really good. I suggest you check it out. So I know Blue Beetle, or at least that incarnation of Blue Beetle from Young Justice. And the yeah, Blue Beetle essentially is a kid from Texas. I'm pretty sure he's he's from, his family's originally from Mexico, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one day he sees this piece of technology that's alien, it's alien technology, and it fuses with his spine. And that is the Blue Beetle. And it turns out it's a technology from this, this race called the the reach and it's these aliens that take over tons of planets but and they use those scarabs those things on his back to like make super soldiers to take over different worlds but it turns out his scarab is damaged so it doesn't really control his mind it just like talks to him hmm yeah that's pretty sick yeah i i really like that character he's cool who's your favorite character so far um Favorite character to play so far 
is Scarecrow. I played him once. I did not understand him. Like, yeah, he felt so, weird to play. He, yeah, he's the only character to me, at least, that, that felt good, or at least felt similar to other games that I've played. Like, it, it kind of felt like a Street Fighter character to me. Mm-hmm. I feel you. And and that's my one of my favorite of the bad guys. And my favorite of the good guys is, I think, a tie between Blue Beetle and Black Canary. Nice. Black in terms Canary of game, is In sick. terms of gameplay. Yeah, she's, she's really good. She has a good... Uh, like feel for her moves and that's kind of the complaint that i have is that sometimes when i'm playing injustice 2 it feels it doesn't feel the way i want it to feel and that to me it translates to feeling bad mm-hmm. if that makes any sense no i feel you i feel you exactly like uh that game takes a while i think eventually like you get used to it the thing is like since they since uh nether who develops it since they uh go back and forth with like mortal Kombat and injustice since i'm yeah. i play them back and forth and so like to adjust to one takes some time because like Mortal Kombat is another game where you press circle and it's a hit and to block is R2 but in Injustice to block is back and then the Pull way back, the health yeah. system works is like you go by rounds in Mortal Kombat where like it's best two out of three but in Injustice you basically just have two health bars and it's essentially like the first to like get the health bars all the way down wins and so like there there are systems in it that I I'm I'm convinced that like those systems are in there just to differentiate the two games but like um they still work like the systems in injustice still work even though like i feel like the primary reason is to just differentiate them but like um once you play one a little bit like if you give it a few hours usually you're able to adjust well enough hmm yeah yeah nice so did you play anything or did you do anything else besides injustice um injustice i tried to play some persona but i was too wrapped up in injustice to play and that's pretty much it just uh, a lot of american gods and then a lot of injustice nice man uh for me i played portal which is very random so okay let me preface this with i bought the orange box because ever since i was 13 years old yeah i want to say 13 i remember seeing a commercial for the orange box on tv and it was a really weird commercial like I, it was obviously a game commercial, but like the commercial was very like it was unlike any kind of game commercial I ever seen because it made me actually like very inter- interested in whatever this thing was because like the commercial wouldn't explain like what kind of game Orange Box was it wouldn't explain like what kind of genre or anything it would just be, be like this weird like uh sci-fi kind of thing tease like it, it was very much a teaser and so like I'd see their Orange Box commercial and I always I I had always wanted to get it. I just never had the opportunity to until this week because it was on sale on Xbox 360 and I have an Xbox one, which of course has backwards compatibility. And so, uh, I copped orange box. I played, um, portal, which I played portal before on PC. And so that wasn't anything new to me. Um, but I replayed it again. Portal two is one of my favorite games ever created. Uh, playing the first portal, the game like still holds up. It's still amazing. And I want to do a piece on it because playing it, I think that Portal actually, like, kind of helped inspire, like, a lot of walking sims based on um, GLaDOS in the way, the way, like, the the lore of the world is revealed strikes me very much as, like, this feels like the original walking sim, except this one has, like, actual, like, game mechanics and, like, puzzle mechanics, whereas, yeah. like, most walking sims are l- less intensive on that stuff. 
but like playing through it like the way the way glados interacts with you the way the game opens up the way the game kind of guides you the way like you look around and you see like this like the 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 environment speaks to you but then you get to a certain point like you get to the twist in the story of portal and then like you look around and you're like oh no there's like more environmental storytelling going on here so like that stuff was cool and like um playing it again overall has just been like a cool experience and so if you haven't played portal you need to go play portal because i feel like that's required gaming at this point uh i also played skate 3 because that was also on sale um i got both these for five bucks skate 3 very fun game like way more fun i mean not even way more fun i remember playing it back in the day and being like oh yeah this is like great this is fun and upon like opening it yesterday like on my device like going into it i was like this there's no way this is gonna be as fun playing it it's as fun like it still feels good the kick flips and stuff are still like fun to do ollies and stuff so fun to do um so that can I, tell you that cool. I love that game can i actually i actually like adore that game we should play it online is it on ps4 that you have no it's on i forgot you don't have a xbox one with you it's on xbox yeah I do not have it on yeah. Xbox. I wish yes. I had an Xbox. I want to play with somebody online. If you have an Xbox One out there, hit me up and we'll play online because I really want to play that game online. It's a fun game. I wish I could bring it to Con Funny Live if we could play, but Skate is dope. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's very rarely in games you have this like weird tensile feeling of like, oh, I'm doing what I'm actually doing in the game. But when I was playing Skate, I was like, yep, this this is what I imagine. At least there was like this weird tensile feel where my brain was like, Yes, you're skating right now, and your fingers yeah. are what your feet would be doing on the board. It was this very surreal feeling. Yeah, like, they nailed it. Like, I love the Tony Hawk series, but Tony Hawk was cool because of how arcadey it was and how gamey it was. And then, like, Skate does this weird thing of, like, you press down on the right analog stick, and you press up to ollie. And you the the feeling, like, it feels like you're ollieing, right? And then, like, you press down, you press up in like a different direction like diagonally up and you a kick, to do like a kickflip or a heel flip or whatever and like the way you're maneuvering with your finger feels very true to how like the the board feels and the way that like you stick to grinds and the way you kind of do everything kind of feels legit in the way that like you're playing and so or the, the way the way that your hands feel um in the way that you're playing and so it, it's it's really cool in that sense that it, like it feels really very realistic and i do not understand why they have not announced skate 4 because like I feel like Skate Four is the perfect game to come out like in this kind of atmosphere. Because I feel like we've gotten one, we haven't really gotten any skate games outside of Ollie Ollie. Oh yeah, and Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five, which sucked. But like, also I feel like that's the kind of game that people kind of want right now. Like you have like a lot of your hardcore shooters and stuff like that. But like I feel like right now I think people are looking for more more of a positive vibe, and Skate gives off that positive vibe, and so. I wish EA would kind of bring that back. Um, but that's been kind of fun to revisit uh, because, like, it's kind of reminded me a lot of, like, before the PS4 and Xbox One was a thing. Like, the sharing options and, like, the the um, capturing options on Skate 3 are kind of hilarious to me because, like, there are parts of that game that are just very archaic. Like, um, it does this thing where, like, you want some of the activities involve you, like, grinding on a rail or... Uh, doing a trick over this like ramp or whatever and then like once you do it it like captures it and you get to like you get to like take a photo and like edit how that capture looks and that would translate so well to today where like everything everything is very shareable um to the point that like the ps4 has a share button that you can just press and like share your pics um 
to Twitter or whatever, like the world the world is like prime for skate four. Like skate four will fit so well um in like today's landscape. And so I kinda think they'll announce it at E three, but I don't have I don't have any hopes. Like I think there's a ten percent ten to twenty percent chance they'll announce it. But I feel like there's a possibility that that game exists and they're working on it because I don't know why they wouldn't. Like it's such a good franchise. Um Half Life Two is another game I've been playing. Uh I've only played the first hour, so I can't really comment on it that much, but so far it seems like a game that I will not enjoy that much. Not based on the story because the story seems pretty cool. Everything about it seems pretty cool, but I don't think it's aged as well for one. And also, it's one of those games that has like the scary enemies, which I'm <laughs> I I respect scary games, and usually scary games don't scare me, and Half-Life 2 isn't trying to be a scary game at all, but it has scary enemies, which I'm not a fan of. It's one of the reasons why Bioshock, Bioshock freaked me out for a similar reason of like everything just felt eerie and felt like there, there are certain things in games that like get to me and like the enemies in Half-Life 2 get to me the same way that like some of the enemies in Zelda Ocarina of Time gets me just like the low quality yeah, those, of them and yeah, like the those, those skeletons creep me the hell out. No, I feel you. Yeah, they do. Um, so that's the thing I did. Um, also, I want to talk about Devolver Digital. Are you familiar with Devolver, Devolver uh, Digital, Ian? Yes, I am. Didn't they do uh, Enter the Gungeon? Yeah, like they publish a lot of games. They publish a lot of indie games. So Enter the Gungeon, I think, is one of them. Um, Shadow Warrior, I think they publish. Uh, um, Absolver, I think they do. They do like a lot of indie games. And they're having a, an E3 conference, which I'm really excited for. Mainly because uh, last year, I felt like indie games didn't get any love from Sony specifically. Like they didn't do like any kind of indie reel at their conference. Um, they got some, they got a bit of love from Xbox, but like not as much as I would have hoped for. And Devolver Digital are the guys that are going to like allow indie games to shine. And I think like I, what I don't think people are talking about is the fact that like Devolver Digital having a, having an E3 press conference and having that light to shine. Like, I think that is a huge thing for smaller, uh, games because like, giving those games like just a focus like get, putting a spotlight on, on those games and allowing people to see like how cool they are especially the ones that devolver digital publishes because like their games are like real their games are always like really cool like they also did bro for us um oh yeah, I, yeah yeah I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah okay yeah i remember i that. wish i could open up a wikipedia page because they publish so many indie games um but yeah no i'm hyped for it because i feel like that's going to um, create a lot more hype around the indie space, which I feel like the indie space kind of needs right now in like an era where like the AAA games are dominating um, so hard. And so like that I'm hyped for. Life is Strange 2 was announced, which I wanted to just say I'm not really hyped for, but I'm hyped for at the same time because I absolutely loved Life is Strange Season 1, but I don't want a Season 2 or Life is Strange 2 or whatever they're calling it if it's about the same story. Because I feel like for me, that story is done. It's my same argument with 13 Reasons Why. Like, 13 Reasons Why does not see, need yeah. a season two because it's ended. Yeah, I, I feel agree. the same way um, about Life is Strange 2. Did you, are you familiar with Life is Strange season one, by the way? Yes. Yeah. Did yes, you, I do. do you, how, I, I know, how do you feel I know about, pretty much everything about it. How do you feel about Life is Strange 2 being announced? So, here's the thing that I want out of Life, of, Life is Strange 2. And I want it to be Life is Strange kind of is like a 
uh, Twilight Zone name where like, oh, Life is Strange is like the title, but they're only the same in, in name. Like the rest is completely mm-hmm. different, like different characters, maybe even like a strange, another strange plot device. So like, for example, Life is, Life is Strange, the plot device was time travel. Maybe in the next season or next game, Life is Strange 2, it's about like you travel to a different dimension or something like that and everything is different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Another no, I again, like a strange fantastical element with a teenage story, and maybe that's that's the moniker of Life is Strange, and then like maybe Life is Strange three is like the kid has powers or like some or like the kid can change a gender or something like that, like something crazy. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I th- I had the exact same idea too because I think that'd be the best way to go forward with it because I feel like this one if they continued the story they have now they would be forced to pick an ending, which I don't think would be. I think that would suck because I think people are so attached to the Life is Strange endings more so than like other game endings because the endings in Life is Strange are so definitive. And like for yeah. me, at least for the ending I chose in Life is Strange, I'm convinced that that's the right ending to the game. Like the other ending, like I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of uh, from the sense that like I feel like that's the wrong decision. Like to me and uh, I guess I. I want to go into, like, a Life is Strange rant, but it involves spoiling the game, so I won't. But to me, like, Life is Strange is all about this singular thing, and that all kind of wraps up in the one ending I chose. Um, and it feels so definitive to me. Um, they could do a prequel, but I, f- I don't know what the a prequel would be. And so I feel like you have the right idea of, like, yeah, just do, like, a a Black Mirror thing or, or a Twilight Zone thing of, like, just do another, another story in the same world, maybe. Or, like another another high school another ability and then just a different story or something like that like something like that would be pretty cool um so there's that and then uh last thing i want to talk about is arms because arms so nintendo's arms fam cash these arms nintendo had like their direct regarding arms which is still a dumb name for a game but that game looks really good like it looks really good and i put up a poll today because I was like, hey, I'm only going to get one fighting game in June, and it's going to be either Tekken 7 or ARMS. And so, like, which one am I going to get? And people, like, people voted ARMS. Like, people are hyped for ARMS. And first of all, how do you, where are you at with ARMS? Like, do you plan on getting it? Like, do you think it looks hype or? Yes, I am going to get it. Nice. Awesome. I'm really do you want a reason? It. Do you want a reason why or, like? I mean, yeah, like, what what, what about it strikes you as, like, interesting? It kind of gives me the same feel as, like, a Smash Brothers, where it's, like, a fighting game, but it has lots of style to it. Like, stylistically, it's very poppy. It's very fun. It's very bright-colored. It's it's good. It just looks like a fun, good time, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Very, actually, the color... Actually, imagine you took Punch-Out, added the characters from Smash Brothers... And then gave it the coloration of Splatoon. That's kind kind of what I'm getting from this game. Mm-hmm. I like the soundtrack also. Like the they they did like a remix kind of thing. I don't even know if I can call it a remix, but like they did a version, like a new version of the main soundtrack um, during the direct. And I think I'm gonna get that game mainly for the soundtrack at this point. Like the soundtrack is so on point. Um, it's one of the. I think it's gonna be like an iconic theme. In like years to come like people are gonna like search that theme on youtube and just listen to it um because it's so memorable it's so like it 
it's fitting to the to the style of the game and the in the attitude that the game is trying to trying to portray. Like that, the music is is just so good. Um, and so yeah, I'm hyped for that. So let's get into our uh, topic of the week, Ian. Um, this week, I want to talk about Ubisoft because. I have issues with Ubisoft that nobody else seems to have. I think this is just, just a thing that's exclusive to me. Um, but I want to get your opinion on it. Here's the thing. Here's what I want to ask. Is Ubisoft a great publisher? Um, are they still good during the PS4 and Xbox One generation? Uh, and I ask this because partly because like they just announced that in the coming year, uh, they, they have announced Assassin's Creed, Far Cry 5, The Crew 2, and South Park, uh, The Fractured But Whole are coming out and so i want to get your opinion mainly i mean i i could get your opinion on those games but i want to get your opinion specifically about on ubisoft as a company um where do you stand with them Mm, i mean they created one of my favorite games of all time assassin's creed brotherhood oh you like assassin's creed yeah i know i don't like all of assassin's creed uniformly but i like assassin's creed too i still have good feelings about that game Uh, so I think that my nostalgia is kind of clouding my judgment here because I know that the last few Assassin's Creed games have been like, whatever. And I feel like that definitely changes people's opinions. Like, for example, I think Syndicate was the last one. Yeah. And I feel like people were lukewarm on that because there was such a harsh response to Assassin's Creed. Unity. Unity. That was the name. Yeah. Because people didn't really like Unity at all. Uh, but I mean, I love South Park. South Park was a great game. Uh, and the South Park Fractured But Whole seems to be like a fun game as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I can't really say whether they're a good publisher or not because I don't really know what defines a really good publisher. Because like we hear so much about like Bethesda being really shitty and doing these awful like business practices. We hear about Ubisoft putting the online play in all their games and, and being generally pretty shitty. Like, you know, it seems like almost every game developer when they become big enough, mm-hmm. just ends up doing really shitty business practices. Did you hear about the Bethesda thing, by the way? The review thing? There, well, there's the review thing, but then also uh, the Prey 2 debacle. Uh, what happened with that? So, again, I'm, I haven't done a lot of research on this, so I need to continue my research before I say definitely. But from what I've heard, uh, do you remember the original Prey 2? The original Prey? The original Prey... Or- sequel the sequel okay yeah yeah i remember it so they were going to make this game called prey 2 it's this really big game is going to be this open world exploration sort of game and bethesda i think was the original company it was the company that like was backing the other company that was actually making the game and mm-hmm. bethesda pushed them to make this like really crazy game as a business tool to bankrupt them so they could buy them out and then buy the Prey licensing and then make their own game from it. That and that's how and that's how we got the Prey game we have today, which is it's a, not a sequel to anything, but it's made by Bethesda and it's not connected mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form to the original Prey. It's more connected to like System Shock, if anything. And mm-hmm. when I heard that story, I was like, okay, that's kind of gross. And then you hear about Ubisoft doing gross stuff all the time. You hear about these big game companies doing gross stuff. So. Yeah, I think for for me, I'm well. My criteria right now is more so the games, and so like here. So here's what you don't give a shit if they're bad people or not. You give a shit if the games are good. I mean, kind of like companies usually are just are bad people. Like they're usually filled with bad people. 
um no offense people at companies that might be listening to this i love you but like, wait i'm sorry i completely i'm gonna sidetrack us for one second Mm -hmm. (coughs) did you see the last episode of carboys what does this have to do with anything (laughs) it doesn't but i was thinking about like what i did this week and and i realized that i found religion through carboys what what happened what happened on carboys this is gonna be a pain to put on youtube now it is going to be a pain to put on YouTube, but it's fine. We'll, we'll talk about it again. So Carboys mm-hmm. is the show with Griffin McElroy and Nick Robinson, and it's about them using this program called Beam, BeamNG.Drive, and it's like a car simulation yeah. game. Uh, but they found God. Blessing, they found God. I hate Jesus you so much for derailing us to this. I'm, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because I swear to God, Blessing, you need, you need to see this because it's one of the craziest watched, things I've ever I seen. I watched Carboys. No, I watch the finale the of it. No, watch the most recent one. All right. This is something Blessing. you can say after the I'm, podcast. I'm a belie- no, I needed to say it now. This is what you oh get for having me on the podcast when it's like way too early you. for me, is that my trains of thought, they don't leave the station at the right time. All right. Can we get back to this the conversation? Sure. Go on. Okay. This is what I was going to say. I'm, I'm so mad. you. Derail- I thought it was going to be something interesting. You derailed me just to be like, you should check out the last episode of Car Boys. I'm sorry. I what found was I gonna God. Say? I thought as a religious man you were going to be pumped about that, that I found God. I pray man, every day now. You're Jewish, don't you have don't I don't even know I'm not even gonna get into re- religious semantics. Um what was I gonna say? Oh, no. Okay, so the reason why I wanna talk about um the reason why I bring up Ubisoft is because like specifically like I don't their business practices or whatever, like whether they're nefarious or not, I I haven't really factored that into how I feel about Ubisoft. I'm talking about specifically like games. And so like I look at Bethesda, right? And I look at their latest releases. Prey well maybe not Prey. I won't I won't count Prey into this, even though there's there's because there's mixed feelings on Prey, but Dishonored Two, Fallout Four, um, Doom, right? All like well acclaimed games, like all great games, like nines, right? Yeah. Um what's another big publisher? Uh Square had final fantasy 15 um uh hitman which they just kind of canceled uh uh what are the square games they have a lot near near is square right near tabata can you hear me i can hear you yeah is near tabata square I, yeah it's square next okay um and i know they have other games that i just can't think of right now because because my mind's in places but essentially like what i'm trying to say is like square Oh, Tomb Raider. Square, for the most part, even though I think they do a bad job of marketing, I think that their games are actually, like, really good. Like, phenomenal. Ubisoft, when I look at their library, right, the latest Ubisoft games to come out have been um, For Honor, Watch Dogs 2, uh, I wish I wrote this down, um, Wild, Ghost Recon Wildlands, uh, then you have, like, your assassin's creeds you have um what else let me look this up real quick actually um but essentially like i feel like from uh, from a games perspective like they're putting out a lot of like mediocre stuff and i'm not hating on like for honor and uh watch Dogs 2 specifically because i feel like those games are a bit above i haven't played much of either but i feel like from what i've heard and from what i've seen of those games like they seem to be of higher quality than their other releases but yeah i don't know i feel like uh, from a game's perspective that their games seem to like like not be up to par if that makes sense i know this is all this is partly like personal taste and bias but i don't know i yeah. wanted to get your opinion on like 
games wise does there seem to be like a gap between ubisoft's games and other publishers games or is it does it is, do, is i it think just it's me i think it's just you is it yeah because assassin's creed is is a super popular franchise to the point where they have a movie about it far cry is a huge franchise that people seem to but really love do i don't know much come- about the crew and uh, mm-hmm. the South Park, the crew, South Park game last time was like really, really well acclaimed. Yeah. So I don't really know. But that, that's why I want to say that's why I wanted to bring about. it to the PS4 generation because South Park came out in, on the PS3. Um, ah, okay. And so like, well then, P- then I think the, PS3, I think that we're just we're going to approach this year or or next year the like like the big Ubisoft movement because the the next game they're going to be putting out is Assassin's Creed in Egypt and then Far Cry 5 apparently is supposed to be in America a big change for the series mm-hmm. I feel like it th- I feel like this is going to be Ubisoft's year but I think that maybe Ubisoft is an off year this year but I don't think necessarily they're on the decline if that makes any sense I think that they're yeah. just they're like on the they're they are currently we're currently on a downslope about to hit up so I think that yeah I think they were okay yeah. and I think I it's mean, just your personal biases I think to be honest it's my per- yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. I agree that, that that I think I don't know. I'm very weird when it comes to Ubisoft because like I've this whole generation, uh, I've kind of been at a point where I don't think I've liked one Ubisoft game this generation. And they're like the they're the one they're the, like the biggest publisher in games. I'd say like right now, um, in terms of EA? like products they're putting out. There's EA also. Um, but I think like you, I'm looking at Ubisoft's games right now because I googled it. Like you have Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. Tom Clancy's yeah. The Division, Ghost Recon yeah. Wildlands, Watch Dogs, uh, Assassin's Creed, um, Watch Dogs, Honor. Watch Dogs, and that other game were really good. Well, Watch Dogs, which was other the other game? Name? You, you just said it. The not the Witness <laughs> shit. Wildlands. Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs, and then the other one. What's the other one? The shooting one that is uh, MMO. Oh, Division. Division, yeah. Division and Watch Dogs did. They had pretty well. They were well received this year, weren't they? Was Division well well received? I think so. I guess it was well received. I guess it wasn't badly received. I feel like or they also had Primal come out last year. Um, Primal was really cool. I guess. Maybe it's just me then because I I've, think it's I'm, just I'm, you. I, I read all those games and I'm just like I don't like any of them. Do you hate the French? They sell Blessing, so well. one of those games was starred you. How could you hate Watch Dogs 2? That game, you were the main character. I played it for a little bit and I was like I just don't like it. I Maybe it's just me. I don't know. It's just you. Steep was another one. Are you mad I that they use your likeness in Watch Dogs 2, but they never paid you? I I guess they're great. I don't know. Maybe. Now I'm having a complex because I, I thought it was. I I've think always you're, I think you're just salty, dude. Are you salty? I thought until now that it's just the quality of their games. But like their games that aren't badly reviewed either. But they're not. They, Ubisoft has never put out a 10, though. Like, where's a 10? Where's Assassin's a 9? Assassin's Brotherhood. Was that Assassin's a ten? Assassin's Creed Four. I think Those they were the tens. closest they they got to nines. I think Assassin's Creed Four and Assassin's Creed Two Brotherhood got as close as you're going to get to ten. I think they got like a nine point five. Yeah. Blessing, you're talking like making a ten game is like every game company has a ten game. Get the fuck out of here. They, Bethesda. Okay, well Bethesda doesn't have a ten game, but they've gotten like they get nines. They do nines like consistently. So does Ubisoft. Um, do they though? Do they? I think so. Well, I, uh, and to be fair, I think Ubisoft produces more games than. That's also than a fair point. That's a fair assessment. I don't like, know. Sky, the Skyrim games or Skyrim games, the the Elder Scrolls games come out like once every five years. And the, yeah. And same same as the other games, they have like a ten year cycle for their games. I feel like when I and play what, Ubisoft and what about games, Thief? How, what about Thief? 
That was like early Bethesda, Bethesda, though. That was like back in the day Bethesda. I've had that was recent. That was recently. That was 2014 or 13, 14. That was launch launch window. The game was awful. But the thing is, I can name multiple Square games and and Bethesda games that I've played this generation and been like, oh, these are incredible games. I can't name one Ubisoft game where I was like, this is. This is like impressive. This is like moving because like Ubisoft game. Ubisoft is kind of like the they they just produce in the, it's it. I don't know. So they're you a production have, you, team. You have me like having a complex right now. Like I have a complex right now because com- I'm like you should have a complex because you're just salty about those games. Those games are good. Like Assassin's Creed Two is one of my favorite games of all time. Like and yeah, yeah and this I hate generation they might be on they might be on the they might be on the the downswing, but they're definitely yeah. coming up. Yeah, and Far Cry Four was awesome. I loved Far Cry Four. Yeah, I feel like if Far Cry Four released like this, year, uh, I won't say that. Maybe that that's an unfair assessment. I was gonna say if it released this year, I don't think it'd be as well received. But that's I think true that of might almost be unfair. any game. If it's not released yeah. within the window it's originally released, of course it's going to receive a different <laughs> score. Yeah, dang it! The hell is wrong with you? Man, you're just screw salty. this conversation. I hate this conversation. Um, you started it. I I mean your, I did start it. Your own fault. Not wish we talked about Carboys the whole time. Car boys, car yo, go back boys, to talking about car, car boys. boys. So what happened on yo, that episode? I, fa- I, f- I found God. I found what religion happened? on that episode. Like they, so the show is all about like them making jokes about how, like the cars mess up and how they crash and stuff. Uh, but the last, their final episode, they tried to throw a car into a whirlpool, but then like the game glitched out to the point where it was creating these weird like galaxy patterns as it was going down <laughs> and it was like they were entering a black hole like they weren't entering a whirlpool of water they were entering like this weird digital black hole <laughs> and they were just infinitely falling forever and that's when i realized that god exists i stared into the abyss and the abyss stared back i'm proud i'm proud of this episode this is either the worst episode of this show or the best i can't tell which one uh probably the worst maybe both let's probably both let's, let's get into questions real quick uh, our first us. question comes from Dave at Perfect Little World. He asks, which E3, which E3 conference are you guys most excited about? One of them sick Tendos. Waiting for them Tendos. That's a good one, actually. Nintendo, I'm hyped for. Not hyped, unless that's, I that's feel the wrong like, word. I feel like they're I'm just be- waiting to say stuff about Smash, about like these other games. And I just want to know, because if they don't release Smash this year, I'm going to jump out, uh, like, out of a window. Like, I think they'll release it's Smash really next year. But I don't know. I don't even know if they'll talk about Smash because I think somebody made the point that like they want Arms to be the fighting game that people are focused on, and like if that they announce sense, Smash, actually. then that might like distract from Arms. Um, is but I could see them releasing it next year. I want them talking about Mario Maker Man, which they might also do next year. Um, I, yeah, I say that hype is not the right word for me because like for me it's just like a it's just an interest after seeing the the Nintendo Switch presentation. I've not looked for look forward to like anything else they have to t- say to me. Like at this point, I'm just like, yo, give me like a sheet, like a piece of paper with like your releases, and I'm good with that. Like I'll rock with that because like whenever y'all try to like put together an event to tell me something, it's 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 never panning out the way I wanted it to pan out. And so uh, I'm gonna get to the next question from Alex O'Neill. He asks, "How does it feel to be awesome?" But also he also asks. But for real, what does Assassin's Creed need to do to win you back? <laughs> oh, man. You never had me, Assassin's Creed. You never had me. What is Ian, what are you doing? <laughs> I was going into my grave. I was slowly lowering down into my grave. 
I wish this is a video podcast so people could see what I deal with. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I'm excited for Assassin's Creed Egypt. Egypt seems like a really good location, and I feel like they're going back to their roots. So I feel like Assassin's Creed is already getting me. Assassin's Creed is a bad series. Um, our next question. Whoa, that is the hottest hot take I've ever heard in my entire life. One of the, it, it's bad. I played. I I'm salt. So Assassin's Creed is one of those games that I'm salty about, and I feel the same way about Uncharted. Um, people generally like these games, at least like the good ones. People like, but um, I played Assassin's Creed One, hated it. Assassin's, beat Assassin's it, Creed One wasn't it. good. And then I played Two, which people tout as being like the one that's like, okay, this is the one where they get good. I played Two, and I was like. No, nah, I'm good. I can't do it. I don't like it. I don't like the climbing. The it feels the climbing to me feels the same way as the climbing does in Uncharted, and I do not like that kind of climbing. And so, like, I think it's you're, it's you're a, for you're me, a salty boy. It's partly a preference thing for me, but like, I think in general that the climbing mechanic that they use in the, both those games is just like a bad mechanic. Um, and then I see that Ubisoft logo up here, and I was like, man, I don't like, man, maybe not, man. That Ubisoft logo t- took that game from being a nine to a to a five. You know what I mean? You're a salty boy. You know what I mean? You're um, just a salty boy. Next question comes from Paul Warren. He asks, hey. what do you think of the controversy that 13 Reasons Why um, ends up glorifying suicide in a dangerous way? This is actually a very interesting question because I actually, I don't have a strong opinion on this. Like, I, I feel don't like there are, think it glorifies it, but it does. I mean, hmm. This is a hard question. I do I do see where people are coming from where, oh, you you hate a lot of people in your life. You, you don't like your family. You don't like your friends. You don't like your current environment. So you commit suicide as like a weird revenge pact situation. I guess that can be seen as like romanticizing it in, in a sort of way. Like, oh, well, those the people, these people will understand how I feel now once I do this, this current act. Right. Mm-hmm. But I feel like more than anything, it was a, a very cautionary tale. And I think you and I talked about that as well, is that, like, you know, you should be more aware of the people around you and realize that even your small actions can can push people in a in a in a bad way, you know? Yeah. And but that was my take on it. I can definitely see where some people could see it being romanticized, but it's a story. That's what stories are supposed to do. They're supposed to romanticize and like and fantasize about how things are in this weird pocket world that this author creates. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, for me, I think that the story is less about, like, of course, the story is all about, like, the suicide, but I feel like that's not really the PSA that, like, the story is trying to, like, put out there. I feel like the story is trying to say, rather than don't commit suicide, the story is trying to say, like, be careful how you treat people. Um, yeah. And I feel like, like the story, I think the show does, like, a very, I think the, the show does, the, like, the greatest job, actually, of, like, showing people, like, the consequences of like oh your littlest actions could have like the biggest impact or like be yeah. careful of like bullying or or you don't know what somebody else is going through all the stuff but i don't think the, yeah. the i don't think the story does a good job of being like don't commit suicide but at the same time i don't think that's what the story is trying to say yeah um and so i think i feel like suicide is more of a framing device in yeah, order to tell people it's not a storytelling device as shitty yeah. as that sounds but yeah yeah so i kind of understand it from that perspective of like whatever like a dumb i mean i'm maybe not dumb dumb is the wrong word but like a person like a a, a non-discerning person could watch the show and be like and see the way that like suicide is depicted and see that as like an attractive thing and be like oh man that's cool like the way she did it like, like that's cool and i think 
I mean, I feel like it. I don't want to. I don't want to come off as like insensitive, but like I feel like if you're watching a show and you see that and you're like, oh, and you start to like see that as like a thing that like is cool or see that as like a thing that you like should attempt or whatever. I feel like you at that at that certain point, like you should have. You should go and help get help. You should get help. Yeah, you should like ha- talk to somebody or like figure something out because I feel like if you get to that point, then at a at a certain point that like you should there's a sh- there's a certain amount of discernment that's to be had. Um, and I could see like a child seeing that and being like, and seeing that and and thinking that that's cool. But at the same time, like I don't think a child should be watching the show in the first place. Um, yeah. And so I think that's. I think where that I this show it. is like a thirteen-year-old show, like thirteen and up. I don't. I think it's like sixteen and up. I guess that's not. Dude, many I years. mean, thing, things I, are happening in middle schools that are pretty shitty. You know, like bullying starts pretty early, and mm-hmm. I think that kids should be exposed at least to some aspects of it maybe not everything but like maybe the earlier episodes like younger kids can be exposed yeah. to but i think like, the, that, I think fi- the message... I, that final scene i still didn't watch that scene that yeah that that it scene i still didn't watch it like halfway through i was like no this is not for me no no and i just yeah, fast yeah. forwarded yeah i think the message is that one that's needed at a very young age i think the way that the show depicts it um it's pretty graphic and i could i could yeah it's pretty graphic and i could see like a 13 year old taking the premise of the show and like seeing it as like a cool like hip thing of like all oh, the way this girl's committing suicide is, is is cool or whatever yeah um and so maybe for a younger audience i could see that being the case but i don't i think that whoever like wh- whoever's parents or like if you're a parent and you're like thinking about showing your kid your kid this show then like understand your kid understand that like under understand the type of your how mature your kid is and like how they will receive it before showing yeah. it to them um but i think as a grown adult watching the show then i I don't really have i don't i don't think and i can't speak for all grown adults because of course like everybody's at a different place but i I think for the most part grown adults should be able to discern that like hey this isn't like a cool thing this is just like a framing device to tell the story yeah um and i and i feel like in general i i feel like people if they don't talk about it with other people and if i feel like if they're more close-minded i feel like they would see that as like a it's glorifying suicide but i'm sure that if you sit down and see like no and have a conversation about like no this is just about how the people around her affected her like hannah really isn't a character yeah in the show she is literally like you said a framing device the 13 reasons why are a framing device for the other characters to realize the the wrongdoings they did when she was alive and Mm -hmm. i feel like when you look at it from that perspective yeah that kind of belittles suicide and it belittles her experiences but at the same time it allows these other characters to grow and it it creates it's it's the plot the entire plot is started from this you know yeah yeah yeah. um let's get into a couple other questions so like paul warren asks two more questions let me see how much time you have left oh yeah we got time um yeah plenty of time uh paul warren also asks uh it's been tough for games to to adapt into 90 minute movies could things like the witcher tv series on netflix or the castlevania show change people's opinions on narrative quality in games hmm. so this is okay so this is kind of this is a deeper question um it is I feel a like deep there, question. there's two parts to this question i feel like um could actually i guess there's only one part could could more uh, could games being turned into quality television legitimize people's opinions on narrative in games? 
No. Uh, I agree. Because the whole thing is the problem with, with games this isn't the story. It's the the problem is is that the way that they're received in games. And people just don't take the medium seriously in general. Like if you look at the story of Uncharted, it's just Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, and and people say Indiana Jones is a good movie, maybe not a good story, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's the way it's it's how people perceive the medium in general is people's problems with games. It's not that game stories are necessarily any better or worse. Like, you'll find a variety of stories in games. It's the problem is the way people view the medium and that it's harder to judge a medium where you have full control over what you're doing. Like it's hard to control pacing when you have full control over what you're doing. It's hard to control like how good a product is when your skill dictates how good a product is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the thing that's difficult about the Witcher specifically is the fact that the Witcher is a game that is based off a book. And like, there's like, I'm pretty sure in like, Oh, oh yeah, it's an even more fucked situation, right? Like yeah. a game based off of a book now that's getting turned into a show that is supposed to dictate how good yeah. video game stories are when in reality the game story is the book story. Yeah, and I want to even say that there's even more, like I want to say that there's already like maybe a TV series and stuff in like the, where's Witcher from? The Witcher? Uh, Poland. Poland, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure they have, they already have other sorts of media um, in Poland through which the, the Witcher is depicted through. Um, but assuming not like the witcher is not meant to be consumed well the witcher the game at least like let's say that the witcher is only the game the witcher the game is not meant to be consumed as a tv series because the way that stories delivered through me is through like a bunch of side quests and like the the choices that i'm given the environment that's depicted to me like being able to walk through the environment and seeing that like people are hanging on trees and stuff meaning like oh man there was a war here and then you keep riding your horse um onto your next destination like the whole the the whole um point of that story being delivered to uh, to me is the method of like the side quests and the choices and all that stuff and so like that stuff is impossible to to depict um on a tv show and so like watch i feel like people watching a tv show maybe could interest them in the game and have them go check out the game and then like discover games through that. But I don't think it'll make people, uh, I don't think it'll legit legitimize games story, uh, per se. What was the other example? He gave Castlevania as an example also, which is interesting because Castlevania is like a 2d game. It's an older game. Um, yeah, which is also 2d. And that one is different because that, that game has much less of a story than the witcher like it's these are kind of opposite cases so these are like two really good examples um castlevania a castlevania netflix series assuming it's netflix i'll assume that it's good even though i think both i think castlevania has less of the potential to be good but assuming that they make a good netflix series i still don't think that'll legitimize like the idea of narrative and games because castlevania does not does doesn't it has a narrative but that's not really what the game is about the game is about gameplay and i feel like the experience is still so different from watching a netflix show that like it kind of doesn't translate that well if that makes sense it does yeah uh should we get into the next question to our last question so our last question which also comes from paul warren remember if you want to ask a question you could uh tweet any of us uh, with the hashtag OKBP, um, we will be sure to add it to the doc. Um, you can also comment um, on the posting of this podcast on OKBeast.com. 
um so be sure to do that if you have a question we'll be sure yeah we have a lot of we have i wish we had more questions because we have like a lot of time to like kill uh now and i still gotta edit this podcast down because uh there's some rough rough joints in there but um to wrap this up last question um ever been a time that you really wanted an npc to be a playable character in a game hmm that's a really good question Proto, yeah. pr- not not an NPC, but like Proto Man in Mega Man, or the red haired kid from Pokemon Gold. That'd be cool. Yeah, because like, he was like a rival. thief. He was like a thief the whole time, and I, f- I felt like his story was pretty interesting. That like mm-hmm. I imagine again, I haven't played that game in years, but I imagine he was like a rough rough and tumble kid. Maybe he uses dark Pokemon only, or like uses like Pokemon that only use the move Thief or something. You know. Uh, I always thought that doing the story from his perspective would be pretty cool. I mentioned this, like, I think when Horizon Zero Dawn came out, but, like, all, all of the NPCs all the NPCs in Horizon Zero Dawn, I feel like, look a lot more sick than, like, the character you play as. Yeah, I was going to mention Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah. Yeah, like, every like all the other characters in that game look so, so dope. And it's not that, like... Uh, what's her name? Alloy? It's not even that Alloy looks Aloy, bad Aloy, or anything. Yeah. Aloy, yeah. It's not even that she looks bad or anything. It's just that like all the other characters just look so much better. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm like thinking about all the games I've played recently, and like Persona, like the gun shop owner. I would have loved to to play as him. Honestly, I would have loved. I love. I would love if they made like a DLC called like Persona Persona Five Side Stories, where all of your confidants make a team. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, where it's like the gun, the guy who owns the gun shop, the fortune teller, the politician, like, mm-hmm. and then, uh, like, I don't know, like all the random people that you meet up with, your confidants, like, uh, maybe the doctor, the doctor would be a cool combo. Um, yeah, I feel like it would be interesting because if they did ever go to the, the other side, like the mental world, right, they wouldn't mm-hmm. tell anybody because no one would believe them, right? So you can imagine these weird, strange side stories where they accidentally end up there. Because they're connected to you, that'd be but pretty then they cool. Don't do actually, anything. Yeah. why aren't you? Why aren't you a writer in the games industry? You live in Japan. I don't speak Japanese, homie. Man, I don't. I don't know how you do it. That seems to be. That's seems difficult. It is pretty difficult, to be honest. Seems difficult. That's a story Man. for another day. You still haven't had me on any of your interview shows, even though we've done a podcast for like a year together. So when was the last time I did an inter- interview show? You just did two with OK Beast stories on YouTube.com. Oh, I okay Beast. I forgot about that. And that Available was one now. with two people. Um, but yeah, no, check that out. Check out OK Beast stories where I tell the story. Well, I don't really do it, but like the story of Pixel Pulse Radio is told. I just edited it together, which took me a really long time. Um, Honestly, though, but, it looks really good. Oh, thanks. I'm glad. Uh, I didn't like it when I exported it, but after like being separated from from it uh, for a while, looking back at it, it's 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 better than I originally thought. At the, when I first did it, I was like, "Man, I messed up. I did a bad job of capturing everything," which I still think I did. But like, uh, at at the end, everything kind of works because the content is still there, even though it's not as like polished and as fancy as I wish it was. It's all like all the information and all like the the audio quality, especially like is good enough that like I, people will get the message and it's not a hard watch at all. Um, I think it's actually a pretty good watch um, nice. because of the story that are, that are told. And so nice, nice man. man. How's your, how's your week? Well, been? It's, 
been good, man. Just stressful. I'm I'm ready yeah. for next week. I feel you. I'm the exact same. Actually, <laughs> I I need I need to sleep. I'm just so on like, that note. Exhausted. How about we both leave and go to sleep? Let's do it. Uh, the OK Beast podcast is a weekly gaming and nerd culture centric show. This is where we get together and talk about the biggest topics in games and culture. If you like the show, you can subscribe to us on your streaming streaming service of choice. Visit OKBeast.com and follow at OKBeast now. I've been Blessing. You can follow me at Blessing Jr. on Twitter. That has been Ian. You can follow him at Ian Why Not on Twitter. We will see you next week. Say bye to the people. Check out A Plus Anime on iTunes, please. Goodbye to the people.